do it. Okay. You ready? Yeah, bud. Welcome to the Smooth Squirrel Drafty Show. I'm your host, Smooth, and with me is Squirrel. That's right. I am Squirrel, a.k.a. Doug. That is Smooth, a.k.a. Nathan, and we are the Drafty Show, where we're bringing you the things we like to learn every week. That's the D, the R, the A, the F, the T, the Y, and Y is always for you. Y is always for you, because that's what we're here for. So, I do have a email from Zach. Okay, let's... Let's get that one going. Yeah, we're going to get it going right now. Hi, guys. I'm back to do the letter T for today's email, but I wanted to say, how about them boys? Them cowboys. LOL. Sorry, guys. Okay, now for the letter T, and T is for travel. My wife and I traveled to Greece last year, and I wanted to talk about a few of my experiences while I was there. First off, sugar. Sugar in Greece is spelled weird, and I'm not even going to attempt to try to spell it. <clears throat> but it said the word is pronounced. Uh, Zachary, and this is extremely similar to how my name is pronounced in Greece, and it's funny to me that probably a lot of Greeks think my name is Sugar Albright. Number two, you can't put toilet paper in a toilet there, and I can't tell you how many times I had to reach into a toilet and remove TP. I washed my hands thoroughly. I bet he had to include that part. COVID. Yeah. Not because of the poop. Okay. It was either that or potentially ruin our apartment's plumbing. Also, some public restrooms are just holes in the floor, and it was a unique experience trying to squat over a hole to do business and not fall over. I don't want to go to Greece. Nope. Uh, Three, the Greeks like to put penises on everything. There was a statue with a sculpture of a male head on a rectangular pillar for the body, and then a perfectly sculpted penis. I'll post a pic below. Seriously, penises were almost on everything. He didn't post a pic. That's I, okay with me. I'm, I'm I mean, alright with that. But what? I don't need dick pics. Now I don't know. Um, number four, I was a little disappointed by the food because I expected it to be different than what you can get at your local gyro place. Gyro. It's pretty... Whatever. Gyro. Gyro. It was the same, except they use... Chicken or beef instead of lamb on a gyro, which gyro. I found to be very odd. What? Oh, they usually use chicken or beef yeah. instead of lamb? Well, the, then what are we doing over here? You can get chicken and beef gyros here. I thought we got lamb over here. You can also get lamb, but they also have lamb there. He said there was an amazing pizza place in downtown Tesloniki. I don't know how to pronounce Greece stuff. <laughs> And number five, there were cats everywhere, and I'm a cat person through and through. So I found myself constantly trying to woo whatever kitty was in the area. I'm a sucker for cats, and it's just who I am. And they were very skittish, though I wasn't able to pet very many of them. And that was the email from Zach to tell us about Greece. Okay, so what I've learned from Greece. Go ahead. Um, dicks and pussies everywhere. Yep. Uh, how's that for edgy? Uh... Pizza is good, I guess. In that one downtown area. Okay, so one pizza is good in Greece. Yeah. And they hold it the entire time you're there, I guess. Apparently, with their sculpted penises. Yeah. Hold everything. Yeah. Hold the cats, hold the penises, hold your bowel functions. Yeah. And then if you see a hole, you can poop there. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I noticed. Yeah. Well, thanks for the grease information. Which yeah. Also, if they run out of chicken or beef, apparently there's a lot of cat around there. So yeah, That'd Chinese restaurants would be fantastic. Ooh, I can't say that. 
I can say that. I'm going to say that. I already said it. I like Chinese food. I do like Chinese food. Yeah. I'm also not super a cat person. I like like one cat in the whole world. I don't even like that cat. Oh, because it makes you sneeze? Well, it, it like it knows and it uh, like it attacks me. It just hopes that today's different. No. Oh, it, no. Just squ- all the time? Squanch is like, today's the day he dies. All right. Well, this week, D is for deals. And let me tell you something. With the holidays fast approaching, like I think it's tomorrow. I'm not sure. But it's just coming up on us so fast this year. If you're looking for a TV, I recommend R. T-I-N-G-S.com, ratings.com. That will give you a great grade on a deal. Like, basically, you type in what kind of TV you're looking for, and it'll give you a grade based out of 10. And uh, the TV that I bought at the time was an 8.4, and it told me, like, where it was at, like, as far as video games go, some of the pros and the cons of that. And I think when a lot of people go to buy TVs, they just walk into Sam's Club, and they're like... What TV do I want? I'm just going to go for this Vizio for $6.99. Do your research, people. Come on. A TV is a long-term investment. Well, you know, long-term as far as five or six years go. And I think you want to make the best deal possible. And sometimes the best deal isn't at your local, you know, Sam's Club or Costco or Walmart. I got mine at Best Buy. And I spent around like I think twelve hundred dollars, and that wasn't even on sale. But I mean, there's people getting them for like six fifty now. And I have a Hisense, and I love my Hisense. Yeah, Shane's a big Hisense guy too, isn't he? He's the one that kind of sold me on it, but it's done everything I've needed it to do. And as far as like it being a sixty-five inch, and for the price, like I wanted Dolby Surround. That was a big thing for me. I wanted something that was good with video games. Like, do your research when it comes to this stuff. Don't just take you know what best buy says or how many stars it has on amazon like go to ratings and that's rting.com ings ings yes okay like that was just a little pro tip there okay i like it yeah also always compare your amazon and walmart prices like online because most of the time they're kind of similar but sometimes one's cheaper than the other now is it only for electronics or yeah, TV I mean, specifically. As far, well, as far as I've seen, I've only used it for TVs, but I know it's also for like sound bars and computers and such. Okay. So basically, like your electronic needs. Okay, that's good. It's super helpful to have. And uh, I just wanted to pass along that information because I gave it to a buddy who bought his Hisense because of the rating on it. Right. So, I mean, don't just buy a Vizio. Okay. Although I'm, I'm sure there are some good Vizios out there. I feel personally attacked. You have a Vizio? I don't even know what kind of brand my TV is. <laughs> it turns on. Yeah, it works. It plays stuff. I can play video games on it. What about you, Doug? When you try to find a deal, what do you do? I don't. You just recently got a deal, though, with Black Friday. Well, that's they came to me. How did they come to you? They were like, here's the email. Best Buy was like, hey, Doug, you shop at our store once six years ago. Have an email every three days. And they were like, Black Friday deals right now. If you come, we'll give you this badass PlayStation 5 God of War bundle. <sighs> super, super cheap. Have you opened it up yet? Nope. So you don't, is like the PlayStation just look like a normal PlayStation? Yeah. It doesn't have like some God of War no, stuff on like it or a PS4. special God of War controller? Or... No, not like the PS4. It's just the PlayStation with God of War. Is it, it's just, is it already downloaded on there? It's, it's the disc version. Oh, it come with the disc? In yeah, it? it's the it's the 4K player. 
the 4K PS5 with, and then it also had God of War. Do I not have a 4K PS5? I have no idea what kind of PS5 you have. I'm pretty sure I do. I mean, I... You know, since we're on the subject of it, and D's not a very long subject of deals and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes you got the short D, bud. Like, all the time. Yeah. It's my whole life. Anyways, life. Yeah. before we get off subject, because we've already referenced penises twice this episode, sculpted and short, um, with... The deals that I found on the Black Friday stuff, like I bought uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the original game that came out in like, I don't know, three years ago. Yeah, 19, maybe. <laughs> Not quite that old. No, 2019. 2019? I think. Is it? I thought you said 1990 for no. a minute. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I started playing it and I like already like the, uh, the storyline in it really well. I couldn't get into it. You couldn't get into it? Nah. How far did you get? I don't know. I played like 12 hours maybe. 12 hours of just running around? No, I went through the story and I found the lady at the bottom of the mountain and shit like that. Okay. Well, um, I started playing it and then I went ahead and bought the second one and I got them both for like 50 bucks. That's a good deal. I thought so. The first one was only 10. And uh, so far I'm pretty into it. I also tried to play the Saints Row release, remastered release. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't super like it. Here's my question, and when we're talking about deals, are you a PlayStation Plus person? Because I freaking love that. I am a PlayStation Plus person only because Shane and I share um, our Xbox Game Pass. I don't know what that means. Um, so there's a way with uh, Xbox, and it's not a secret. So if we both have Xboxes, and I say that your Xbox is my home Xbox. And you do vice versa. And I have Xbox Game Pass. You have Xbox Game Pass. Oh, okay. I thought it somehow tied in with PlayStation. I was like, I no, didn't... it doesn't tie okay. in with PlayStation at all. So instead of paying sixty dollars a month or however much Game Pass is, that's expensive. Which it's not sixty dollars a month. I'm sorry. It was sixty dollars a year for Xbox Gold. Okay. And then they got ridiculous with it. And I just don't. I don't want to pay it. Right. I like paying a set price every year. And then when you make it monthly, I know you're raking me over the coals and making more money. Like, I'm not dumb. So, why are we doing this? Well, I got X, or I got PlayStation Plus, and I'd rather just pay $60 a year. Well, then I noticed that they changed it to like $120 a year mm -hmm. for that premium thing. And I don't need premium, but there was an option to just stay at $60 a month. Oh, like, see, I don't care about streaming originals and all that stuff like I, that. I, I do the premium package. I love it. It's like fifteen ninety nine a month or something like that. A which, month, which is expensive, but like I can literally play like six hundred PlayStation games, whatever I want. Like, yeah, but I barely have time to play one. I know, but it's because I have like you know an adult life and responsibilities that I hate. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe one day I'll have those. <laughs> I hope to retire and have all my games and be able to sit back and play them. I know that's a fantasy. But it's a because, Final Fantasy. That's what yeah. I've been playing. Ooh. Yeah? Yeah. Like, they have all the old Final Fantasies, so I've been... I've gone, I've gone back through and played them all again, and... When's Persona 6 come out? Dude, I just got... In October, they just announced that they were officially gonna make it, so I'm gonna guess, like, three years. There's so many games that I'm gonna play, like, in February, I'm waiting for that Hogwarts Legacy game to come out, because I think it'll be fun. And that's, uh, Harry Potter? Yep. Okay. So then the Harry Potter worlds. Well, Callisto Protocol came out a few days ago, and that's, like, super awesome Dead Space, looks like. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's on my list. Evil West comes out here pretty soon. Um, yeah, I did watch Evil West. That looks interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. So. All right, all right, does that... Do we fully do we fully do the D? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a very long D, but it was good enough. I feel like it was a decent D. Yeah. It, it, it may not have been long, but it was girthy. It was girthy for sure. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yep. Okay, so I've heard. So we're going to go to R. R. We're going to move off the D. Uh, move yeah. to the R. Transition. No, no. Hmm. Dismount. D is for dismount. I'm going to cut it and just <laughs> say D is for dismount. <laughs> okay. R is for Ray Liotta. Go Are you ahead. good? Are, yep. you, are you good, buddy? R is for Ray Liotta. <sighs> okay. Ray Liotta was born in Newark, Newark, New Jersey on December 18th, 1954. He was abandoned in an orphanage and lived there till the age of six months, where Mary and Alfred Liotta adopted him. Uh, he also uh, has an adopted sister named Linda. Same thing. Same orphanage. Uh, they never hid that he was adopted as a young child. Uh, in fact, he did a show and tell report in kindergarten about it. Okay. So I like that. I like when, you know, families are honest because it's not like he's loved any less just because he was adopted and not, you know, born naturally. Right. Uh, he did locate his biological mother in the 2000s. Uh, she had passed away, and he learned that he's mostly of Scottish descent. He has one biological sister, and one biological half-brother, and five biological half-sisters, which I just thought was cool. And he went and tracked them all down, because he's just like a hell of a guy. He went to the University of Miami, where he studied uh, with a and graduated with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in 1978. He also performed in several musicals while there, including Cabaret, Oklahoma, and The Sound of Music. Uh, he was married once uh, to actress Michelle Grace in 1997. And they had one daughter named Carson, who is an actress now, before divorcing amicably in 2004. A uh, couple fun facts about Ray Liotta. Nancy Sinatra and Tina Sinatra, the daughters of Frank Sinatra, once sent him a horse head in the mail. Oh, as a joke. I thought that was funny. Terrifying. And he also was obsessed with horseback riding. He said in September 2014 that he never had a hobby until horseback riding, and it is his new hobby. So he was a horseback rider until his death, unfortunately, this year in May 26th of 2022, obviously. He died in the Dominican Republic uh, in his sleep. So, I thought you and I could talk about our favorite Ray Liotta movies. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to look at right now. And by the way, 67. 67. That's impressive. Like, I mean, good life. Also, why did Ray Liotta always look like he was getting ready to cry? You ever notice that? Maybe it was the eye makeup. I don't know, man. I don't think he, it... He always looked emotional. Well, because he's an actor. He's a theater actor, too, which they're usually overly expressive. You know? Because okay. you're trained to project out your emotions in theater. Whereas a lot of, like, uh, silver screen actors are trained to, like, keep it in. 
You know? All right, fair enough. So it's just a different style of acting that he brought to the... Which is why I think I like him, because he is so emotive and expressive. Whether he's like starring in a movie where he's a gangster or playing a security guard in a Muppet movie, like he acts the hell out of whatever scene he's in. Like I love him in Re- Observe and Report. I loved him in the Muppet movies. Like he was in uh uh Muppets in Space. He was in Muppet Christmas Carol and a couple others I think cuz he he did have a good relationship with the Jim Henson company. Uh he was the voice of Tommy in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yep. I forgot all about that. Yep. That might be my favorite role he was in. Uh I mean I, Henry Hill in uh Goodfellas obviously, but also like we talked about, I think that came out last week, uh, in the movie thing. He was in Field of Dreams. which Yeah, he was in Field of Dreams. Probably one of my favorite movies. Mm. There was a Rat Pack TV movie where he played Frank Sinatra. Yeah, that's why, that, they, that's why they got the horse head? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Copland. Yeah, he's great in Copland. That was, that was one of my favorite movies. That was 97. Yeah. He's really oh, good in Copland. Operation Dumbo Drop. Yep, dude, he's worked. He's yeah. he's done such a variety of show, like from serious to comedy, and he nails it out of the park every time. Nailed it out of the park every time. Yeah. So I didn't. Uh, and he's also in Saint Elsewhere. That's kind of interesting. Because that a was lot. a really big. Well, no, not a lot, but that was a really big like show. Yeah, in pretty the 80s. much everybody from the eighties was in an episode of Saint Elsewhere. Yep, I didn't realize that that uh, Mr. Feeney was in that. Yep. And that's how he met his wife, and they were yep. like married, still married, forever. still married. That's insane. But anyways, more about Ray Liotta. Like, I don't, I don't think I've seen a movie where his portrayal wasn't like captivating in some way. It's his eyes, man. Yeah, he always looks like he's gonna cry. No, they're just haunting. They're like so blue. Just, uh, yeah, I'm into it. Good eyes. Good, great eyes. Best eyes. The bestest eyes. So, the reason. You know, that you and I were talking about Ray Liotta today. This is my because, favorite part. Yeah, we saw a trailer for a new movie coming out called Cocaine Bear. Yeah, I know. I'm excited for it. Uh, it is an upcoming black comedy survival thriller film, which is like an interesting combination of descriptors that is directed by Elizabeth Banks, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool deal. Uh, it is inspired by a true story. Uh of a 175-pound American black bear that died after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine in 1985. The cocaine had been dropped out of a plane piloted by Andrew Thornton II, a former narcotics officer and convicted drug smuggler, because this plane was carrying too heavy of a load. Thornton then jumped out of the plane with a faulty parachute and died. The bear was found three months later in the north of the state of Georgia, Along the I-40, uh, and he had over 60 plastic containers of cocaine that he had opened and eaten. The bear is currently stuffed and on display in the Kentucky Fun Mall in Lexington, Kentucky. If you ever wanted to go see the real cocaine, the real cocaine bear. The real cocaine bear. So, this movie's obviously just based. Yeah, yeah. This bear doesn't do all these badass things that they do in the movie. No, no, they just found a dead bear with a bunch of cocaine. Wait, is this the same Elizabeth Banks that was in, like, Hunger Games? I never watched Hunger Games. Was she an actress? She's yeah. an actress, right? Yeah, she's the, the Pitch Perfect movie. She directed the Charlie's Angels reboot. I didn't know that she was a director. Yeah. She, this is interesting she, to me. Yeah, she directs. 
I didn't know that. That's awesome, though. Um, let me see. What all has she directed? Well, regardless, I mean, I like Elizabeth Banks. I do, too. And uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite Elizabeth Banks movie. Hot Water American Summer. Yep, that's probably it. Yep, I mean, that's, that's my favorite. It right there. But anyways, Cocaine Bear looks like just like a thrill ride. And I cannot wait to watch it. I think it comes out in what, February? Yes. Okay, so she directed... She's only directed three full movies. Which is Pitch Perfect 2, Charlie's Angels, and now Cocaine Bear. But she's produced several things. Uh, all the Pitch Perfect movies, The Most Hated Woman in America, and Surrogates, which is a weird movie. Isn't that Bruce, Bruce Willis? Bruce, yeah, Bruce We're not Willis. not allowed to talk about Bruce Willis. Why, are, why can't we talk about Bruce Willis? Oh, I'll see no, that's not this show. I know that was fake. Yeah, we. And we, if you want to know more about that, why well, go look back and listen to some Crimson Ring stuff? Can we promote old stuff? I don't think so. I don't think we can. I'm doing it anyway. Okay, man, you're a rebel. I am. You're so edgy. I'm like the edge of edgy. Yeah, you're like the edge, edge. Okay, so that was Ray Liotta, right? We're talking about him. We love him, but. We also love the idea of cocaine bear. And animals. And animals. Which I have an email for a question about animals. Okay. That's good, because today's A is animals. So why don't you give me that question? Okay. You ready? Uh, yes. Random question. Where do turtles and frogs, I guess, go in the winter? They bury themselves in uh, riverbeds and lake bottoms and hibernate. That is correct, Doug. According to Google, when winter arrives, freshwater turtles dive down to the muddy bottom of ponds where the temperature never gets below one Celsius. Nested in the mud, their metabolism slows down. This allows them to survive for months without food and very little oxygen. Unlike their other cold-blooded animals, turtles do not hibernate. Yeah, they just kind of like go into a trance. So, I mean, vampires call it torpor. Dude, are turtles vampires? They could be. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll roll with it. So that was the animal question? That was the animal question. That I totally nailed? You fucking nailed it out of the park. Okay, so I've got questions for you because animals is today's game. Go ahead. So I've taken 10 movies that have an animal in the title that I have never seen. And I wrote up what I think the movie is about. And then I want you to guess the name of the movie that I'm describing. Oh, God. Now, I've made two for each, so I'll ask you one. I'll read one. And then if you need me to read the second one, I'll read that okay, one as go well. Ahead. So the first one's pretty easy. Are you ready? Yep. Patrick Warburton and Peter Serafinowicz team up in matching blue bodysuits and use silverware to fight terror. Are these the actual actors in these movies? Nope. I went off strictly off movie titles. What was the second one? Or a documentary about the effects of small facial... A documentary about the effects of small facial spasm on the faces of children and people diagnosed with Tourette's. I like how you say things are going to be easy and they're this not is super at easy. all easy for me. Do you want me to... Okay. So all you have to do is guess the name of the movie based off of what I think it's about. No, I get that. All right. A documentary 
about the effects of small facial spasms on the faces of children and people diagnosed with Tourette's. I have no idea, Doug. Ticks. Okay. So you get it? Yeah, I get it. Okay. That was an example. It was the first question, but we'll call it an example. example. Yeah. Okay. So ready for the first real question? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Liv Tyler and Renee Zellweger team up in this animated movie about overthrowing grasshoppers played by Dennis Leary. Oh, dude. Bugs Life. No. Ants. Close. Let me read the second one. Caterpillars. Let me read the second one. Okay. It's not just an animal. Like, it's a movie title. Yeah. So it's not just... Bugs Life. Vader and Tarkin go on a recruiting spree to build an army of my mother's sisters. I just said ants. That's not just the name of the movie, though. There's another movie that's about ants? There's several movies about ants. Oh, shit. I don't know. Empire of the Ants. Oh. Well, I knew it was ants, though. Right. All right. Next question. All right. The story of a down-and-out Arkansas college football team trying to win the SEC. I'm guessing it stars Tom Selleck or Ted Danson. Uh, what are... Who is the Arkansas... Is, uh, they're, they're boars, not boars. Razorbacks. That's right, Razorback. The other one to that was a gripping thriller about a serial killer named Gillette sneaking up behind his targets with a straight edge. <laughs> uh. It's a shaving joke. I get it. All right. So you got one. Yeah, one out of five. That's so only the third one. Okay, but still. Number four. Gene Wilder returns to the family business to create an army of half trout, half Peter Boyles, to harass a scuba diving Ray Romano. <laughs> half trout, half what? Peter Boyle. Oh my god. I, everybody or, loves fish. Or yeah, a movie about Lance Bass going back in time to have his dream duet with Sinatra. It's something about a singing fish, obviously. You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. I don't have. Do any you want idea. me to read them again, or no? Frankenfish. Peter Boyle. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Gene Wilder. Frankenstein. Yep. Alright, you ready? Yep. Number five. Go ahead. Fred Savage. Fred Savage makes a wish on a Zohan machine and wakes up as Rob Schneider. He runs around and has a ton of lower back hair. The animal? Fred Savage makes a wish on a Zohan machine and wakes up as Rob Schneider. Like, Like Rob Schnauzer? Or? Or? The drummer of the Electric Mayhem goes solo and becomes the greatest solo artist of the decade. This has something to do with the animal. Yeah. Fred Savage makes a wish on a Zohan machine. (laughs) Wakes up as Rob Schneider. I have no idea. The big animal. Oh. Oh. I was confusing two, like, way different 80s movies, and I was like, Fred Savage wasn't in this. This was that one kid that was supposed to look like a young Tom Hanks. Yeah. But I didn't think you knew who David Moscow was. I don't. Right. I mean, I said Fred Savage. You took a safe bet on that, so that's fine. 
And again, I lose another Doug game. Well, it's not over yet, baby. I thought that was it. No. Oh, man. There's more? There's so many more. Oh, God. All right. Oh, I thought there was five movies. I, I misunderstood. There's ten. Oh, okay. So you're halfway there, and you got one right, which is good. Uh, you, normally, you don't get any. That's true. Thanks. A behind-closed-doors look about what happens when John Arbuckle leaves for work. It's intimate and personal and filled with, filled with a feline's deepest secrets. Does something to do with Garfield? I mean, that's what the clue would lead you to believe. What is a Garfield movie? I don't think you understand what the point of this game is. You have to. I have to guess the title of the movie. Okay, but movie? John Arbuckle's in it, and he he has a cat named Garfield. I've not seen these movies. I don't think anybody watched the Garfield movie. I, I did. didn't watch it. Yeah, Bill Murray. Uh, no. Just this is a name of a movie with an animal in it that I have come up with the so plot it's some for. Some cat, obviously, right? Or. Tom, Jerry signs Tom up for the Army Reserves, and we get to see him try to get through boot camp. <laughs> Some kind of militant cat, apparently. Right. So, what happens when you? What What are you when you get out of boot camp? A private. Yes. And what is Tom? A cat. Right. Private cat. The private life of a cat. Okay. This is all just you know. It's basically Jeopardy. Ugh. All right, you'll get this one. Oh, I'm sure I won't. A documentary following a bounty hunter around for 12 months as he gives bail jumpers mulleted headbutts and specialized sermons. This has to do with an animal? Yes. Must be a goat. A documentary following a bounty hunter around for 12 months as he gives bail jumpers mulleted headbutts and specialized sermons. What was the second one? A movie about Charlie Brown trying to get Snoopy to model for a calendar so he has a present for the little red-haired girl. <laughs> what? I, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Uh, I... The goat. Snoopy was a, a, a dog. Big, I'm aware of a beagle, to be exact, but... The year of the dog. Dog the bounty hunter. I got you. This hurts me. Oh, it's killing me. All right. All right. You only have three left. Oh. Told from the perspective of a modified SR-71, Patrick Stewart, Halle Berry, and Hugh Jackman punch a Holocaust survivor. Your your imagination is amazing. Or in Jordan in Jordan Peele's latest movie, he looks at the historical roots of the use of the middle finger among freed slaves. Well, it's something about a bird. Yeah, freed slaves. Yeah, freed slaves. Yeah, I got that. Free bird. No, bird free. No, no. Uh, bird on a wire. Told from the perspective of a modified SR-71, Patrick Stewart, Halle Berry, and Hugh Jackman punch a Holocaust survivor. What does this got to do with Jew Jew a Jewish bird? No? Blackbird. Blackbird. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. X-Men Jet. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, 
Okay. You'll get this one. Mm -hmm. A Christopher Guest film about trying to market thongs to anorexic waitresses in a seafood restaurant. Or... I'm afraid to answer any of this. Or a new animated feature that has Fievel traveling to the Gulf Shores to swim with Echo and Flipper. A whale's tail. That's a good answer. It, it, it is, but it's incorrect. Well, because anorexic waitresses or swimming with Echo and Flipper. Yeah, something about dolphin. Flipper. Dolphin tail. Yes, dolphin tail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you out of pity. Oh, okay. I'll take it. How many do I have now? You got one left. No, I mean, how many? Like, what's my score? Oh, you've got two. Which is I good. Kinda, I kind of got that one. Well, yeah. One. I think I'm at two and a half. Mm-hmm. You're at two, and that's being generous. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Last one. A found footage movie about Jane Goodall going into how mother chimps punish their young. It was that something to do with gorillas? Or a health class short from the 50s about the dangers of masturbation. Beating off gorillas. I don't feel like you try. No, I, I'm I'm already beaten by a gorilla. She didn't work with gorillas. She worked with chimps. Oh, uh, yeah. Disappointed chimp. Spanking the monkey. Oh, I really thought you were gonna get that one. I I don't know why you have faith in me. I don't know. I don't know either. All right. F. This week, F F is for five. Specifically, high five. Or five below. No. That's a nice store. Right, but that's not what I've written stuff up about. Okay. I mean, do you want to talk about five below? No, let's talk about the high five. Okay. All right. The use of the phrase has been a part of the Oxford English Dictionary since 1980. Uh, and it is the phrase is related to slang give me five which is a request for a form of handshake uh, variations include slap me five slip me five give me some skin with five referring to the number of fingers on the hand the high five originated from the low five which has been a part of African American culture since the 1920s it's probably impossible to know exactly when the first low five transitioned into a high five, but there are many theories. Uh, Magic Johnson once suggested that he invented the high five at Michigan State in the late 70s. Others had it suggested that it originated in uh, women's volleyball of the early or the late 60s. But the two most documented candidates are the Dusty Baker, Glenn Burke, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, high five in 77 and the Willie Brown and Derek Smith of the Louisville Cardinals college basketball team during the 78 79 season. Uh, so the, the most popular story, which is sort of, I mean, it's not set in stone, but dusty Baker claims this, uh, the origin of the high five occurred between him and Glenn Burke at Dodger Stadium on October 2nd, 1977, which was the last day of the regular season. In the sixth inning, Dusty Baker hit a home run uh, 
and it was his 30th home run, making the Dodgers the first team in the history to have four hitters with at least 30 home runs in a single season. The other most popular origin story story was reported in 1980, and it places the Louisville Cardinals basketball team, uh, Willie Brown and Derek Smith, uh, tried to do a low five, but suddenly Smith said, no, up high. Yeah, why are we going down low? We jump up so high. He raised his hand, and the high five was supposedly born. Uh, high, high fives can be seen on highlight reels of the 1978-1979 season of the Louisville team. So that is a possibility. Uh, so there's also several variations of a high five. Uh, and let's talk about, you know, being left hanging. Nathan, we don't no, want I don't to, like to be left. Yeah, hanging. that's where that's, someone initiates a high five yeah. and you do not reciprocate. If yeah. a high five is broached, if someone offers you a high five, you should re- you should then reciprocate the high five. Barry, are you listening? Thank you. Another variation is called the self high five. It's the action of raising one hand, generally the right hand, and tagging it with the other. It's often used by. It was most popularized by. Uh, yoga and self-help guru Diamond Dallas Page. Bang. A variation of this was explored by a Turkish artist named Dennis Azugayir, who built a self-high-five machine, which was exhibited in New York City in 2010. It's a robotic arm that spins in circles, striking another robotic arm, both of which were rubber casts of Azugayir's own arms. A hand grab high five is when both parties grab and hold, sometimes even shaking around uh, while still being up high. Uh, this can be used to indicate friendship and slash or personal swagger. A two-handed high five is, you know, actually it would be a four-handed high five where you raise both your hands, somebody slaps both the hands. That's usually used as a massive celebration. As it should be. Uh, and then also uh, a lot of sports teams will people when they are running through will double slap high five the whole way through the air five is a variation when the hands never actually touch but you do gain line of sight to the gesture and this has uh, been especially helpful in the post pandemic COVID times uh, let's talk about the dark side as we get into it, I want to talk about too slow. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, there's a dark side to the high five. I guess there is. There is. It's the too slow. Okay. Uh, uh, the too slow variation is a sequence of a high five and a low five, of an, often accompanied by a rhyme, such as up high, down low. And during the down low, pulling your hand back and saying too slow, which is considered in most circles to be a hugely dick move. Yeah, uh, I agree. The rhyme bears a very strong resemblance to an old blacksmith's rhyme on how to teach apprentices how to best operate the bellows in a way that uh, maximizes efficiency. Uh, The rhyme was up high, down low, up quick, down slow, and that's the way we blow. And finally, so we don't leave on a low note, here's a fun fact that totally isn't true. Conventional wisdom holds that the Tokyo district of Roppongi 
has earned the slogan, the high touch town, after residents noticed that World War II American soldiers were walking down the street giving each other high fives. When the Japanese asked about this gesture, it was mistranslated to high tatachi or high touch. Uh, this story is probably not true because Rapongi actually means high class town, not high touch town. And it's a play on uh, the town's reputation for nightlife, nightlife, large nightlife, nightlife activity among off-duty military personnel. So that is the history of the high five. I didn't know the low five was the first thing. Yeah. That's nuts to me. I feel like all I've ever done is high fives. Well, we've grown up and we were 80s kids, bud. Yeah. I mean, the, the high five has been with us forever. I mean, I thought it had been around since, like, cavemen. Well, and there were there were people, like, slapping each other, but actually calling it a high five originated probably in the late 70s. Hopefully not from Dusty Baker. Huh. Well, I feel like I learned something today. Well, that's good. That's good. I like learning stuffs. I, I, uh, well, that's why we're here, man. That's yeah. what the Drafty Show's all about. Huh. All right, so what's next on our adventure today? I am going to get a little serious on this one. T, okay. this week is for therapy. All right. Um, I was learning about, uh, reading about stuff, and I came across this really cool article from Wired, and it's about therapy, uh, specifically using tabletop role-playing games to help in group therapy and overcoming personal issues, which I think is super awesome. So here we go. Adam Davis founded Game to Grow with Adam Johns in 2017 to offer therapeutically applied tabletop role-playing games to clients and help other mental health professionals do the same. Davis had a background in drama and therapy drama therapy and education and Johns was working in a private practice as a therapist when the duo started running tabletop RPGs for therapeutic uh, context. Uh, we were running a small organization, a couple of groups a week, helping 10, 15, maybe 20 kids a week in our groups, Davis says. And then we realized that we could do even more if we were a nonprofit organization. The organization has grown to include more than more providers, and now serves over 150 clients. These clients use tabletop role-playing games to work through a range of issues from exploring identity to addressing real-world conflict. A lot of therapists and educators speak the language of gamers and therapists or the language of educators, but they don't know how to bridge those things, Davis says. So we talk about aligning in-game scenarios to treatment outcomes and educational outcomes. Also, uh, another company, Geek Therapeutics, was founded by Anthony Bean after getting his degree in psychology at a time when a lot of, quote, secret geeks weren't open about their interests in games and other geeky ventures. While pursuing his master, Bean realized that he and his friends were already using D&D in their own lives to process a lot of what was going on outside the game. And after a bad day, he and his friends would ask what their characters would do in that kind of situation. Which I've also done. Like this is, a, I love this. This is great. Uh, Bean said that we started using this with clients, and it looked like it helped them blossom tremendously in ways that we didn't expect. After being asked frequently to present on the role of geekdom in therapy, Bean decided to record and dis distribute his methodology. Uh, 
This methodology is what differentiates the work of organizations like Geek Therapeutics and Game to Grow from games might want might play at home with friends. Geek Therapeutics has a code of ethics and therapists are trained in its method and therapists trained in its method are held to the same standard as they would be for any other form of therapy. Uh, confidentiality and informed consent, for example, are applied to games that would be used in group therapy settings. So any kind of game where you're playing would just be a group therapy session, but you're playing in character to be able to work out your uh, uh, whatever thing you're trying to work out. Uh, therapists participating in the game to grow method must also run a certain number of games before they can be formally certified. Both organizations give therapists the opportunity to work with other certified game masters as well as several tabletop role playing game experts. So basically, who's this for? Uh, it can be valuable for a variety of the population, including people with a history of trauma, people exploring identity, and people who struggle socially. Uh, people you know, on various stages of the autism scale. Um, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Rafael Bacamazo was diagnosed with autism at the age of 35 and said that D&D provided him with a safe framework to practice various social script he was able to translate into his real life. Playing D&D also gave Bacamazo a core group of friends, many of whom he is still in touch with today. In a therapeutic contest, Bakamazo says that playing role-playing games can make the process of going to therapy less challenging. Quote, It's easier for me to go and engage in a process that I find enjoyable as opposed to going to someone's office knowing I'm going to talk about some very painful, very difficult things directly, Bakamazo says. If something's fun, you're going to do, go do it again. Uh, for Devin Hayakawa, uh, tabletop RPGs provide an opportunity to express gender by playing characters with different identities, even when the character arc wasn't centered around a gender. Quote, it offered a safe space for me to try and try on those different pronouns and take risks I might not have tried to do in real life, Hayakawa explains, which is, like, very true. You can be anyone in a, in a role-playing game. D&D uh, isn't the only game that players can use to better understand themselves. For Beth Levitt, the game Tin Candles helped them come to grips with their own mortality. The game is played in complete darkness with the exception of Tin Candles. A candle is then extinguished at the end of each scene, and by the time the last candle blows out, all the characters around the table are dead. Levitt and the people they were playing with chose the setting of a cruise ship stranded in the middle of the ocean. Despite that character's hopeless condition, they, quote, never gave up hope, Levitt said, and at the end, they came to accept that the game was worth playing, even though death was inevitable. Our mortality is actually what gives things meaning and motivates us to do anything at all, Levitt said. For a time, I was more of a destination person than a journey person, and I think that's really shifted, in part thanks to this game. Cassie Walker, a clinical social worker and trauma specialist, sees games and role-playing as a valuable way to connect with clients and demonstrate that therapy doesn't have to be serious or painful. Uh, trauma disconnects us from ourselves, and one of the things, one of the first things we get connected, disconnected from, is our imagination, our creativity. Walker says, "Tabletop games allow our clients to reconnect with their imaginations. 
as the structure of the game provides some comfort and encourage people to start thinking about what could be rather than what is. And I think that's a great message. So, how do we get involved? Geek Therapeutics has a directory of certified geek therapists on its website, geektherapeutics.com. And in addition to tabletop role-playing game therapy, some providers offer other forms of geek therapy, including therapeutic video games and less structured role-playing. These therapists provide services in the U.S. as well as internationally, and many will accept uh, insurance. So it is a real, actual uh, therapy session, so your insurance should cover it. games to grow has also has several in-house therapists who offer individual therapy. They currently offer exclusive uh, services exclusively through telehealth, which is a online therapy uh, thing, so you don't actually meet in person. And their website is gametogrow.org and both of those will be in the show notes if you guys are interested, if you know anybody that you think might benefit from having uh, unconventional therapy. Uh, I think this is very cool. I've checked out uh, gametherapeutics.com and it does help. So, yeah, it's, this is more serious than we usually do, but no, I thought this, this is a good thing, though. Yeah. Like, and I'm looking at it right now, and there's even a promo code for an end of the year sale. And they're not a sponsor, but like the promo code is GTXMAS22. So, I mean, that's 10% off their uh, master programs right there so yeah it's um it's really cool and again we're gonna have in the little show blurb where normally it's like join doug and nathan as they talk about farts or whatever we talk about usually i don't ever type that but i mean we i'm shocked that we haven't had fs for farts we can and then i'll yeah so both those websites will be in there too so i guess that brings us to why well What's why for, Doug? Why is for you, Nathan? For me? Well, it's for me, too. It's, it's for, for everybody. But it's mostly for you guys. It's the listeners. Yes. Yeah, so if you guys want to get into contact with us, uh, you can call the score line at 765-242-5978 or email us at drafteq at gmail.com. Uh, we play voicemails at the end of the show. Nathan reads emails at the beginning of the show. We always love to hear from people. You know, what do you think of the game? Did you think it was too easy, too hard? Do you think I should, you know, like stop doing games? Do you think I should do more games? Do you think we should like have a jelly bean eating contest? Let no, us know. No. No. I don't want to do that. Nathan has already nixed that idea. I'm I sorry. I don't like jelly beans that much. Really? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. What's your what's your go-to candy? My go-to candy? Yeah. Oh man. I like gummy bears, but I don't think I could eat a whole bunch of gummy bears. Okay. Yeah. Gummies, really. Yeah, I eat gummies. Usually right before I come in here. Really? Not lately, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so sorry, let's, guys. Let's we're voicemail it up. Here we go. I'm ready. Hey, guys. What's going out to the uh, smooth man and the squirrely guy? Um, I get you here. I went to this um, restaurant not too long ago, uh, and it was a uh, churrascan experience, churrasco, churrisco, churrisco, whatever. They served you like a shit ton of meats, and um, so we're eating, and these guys are like basically pushing meat onto the table. I mean, I had my 
my little card flipped over and it said no thanks and they're still like bringing tons of fucking meat out um so much so that i pretty sure i got the meat sweats so i've been miserable for the last few days um i guess my question is these guachos that walk around serving these fucking meat like would you consider them uh i mean rapists I mean, like, to be honest, right? Okay, that's good. That's enough of that one. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't. No, uh, not at all. Not, not uh, rapists. Nope. Uh, waiters. Uh, yeah, yeah. Servers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Best friends if they're serving up a bunch of meat. Like, yeah. So, uh, a churrasco is a Brazilian steakhouse, for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, I thought it was just called Fogo. Well, that is a... Chain restaurant, yes, yeah, and it's here in Indiana. I believe that's what he's referring to. Fogo yeah, Chow, not a sponsor. Uh, they should be a sponsor. Oh, I wish they were a sponsor. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this one. So, no, they're not. Also, you're giving consent with your card flipped over there. Yeah, yeah, it's giving consent. And I do know that meat sweats are a real thing. I've been there, uh, they are. I've never had one last for multiple days, though. That no. may be some sort of like pulmonary attack. Yeah, not only that, you should that, probably but, like, go to the doctor. Have you have you pooped lately? Like, are you backed up from Ooh. too much meat? You think it's you, just constipation? You should also uh, incorporate some kale, maybe uh, something to help push it through. I like a leafy green. Like, I'm, yeah, I do not like kale. I cannot get. You're into not kale. supposed to like kale. Then why? why it's just it? to help you get business. But like done. Brussels sprouts are great. Yeah, Brussels sprouts are great. Uh, like mini heads of cabbage. Yeah, cabbage, great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, don't know. I just don't like kale. I like, seen someone... I, I like a turnip green. the stalks of Brussels sprouts, which Brussels sprouts grow on like a, a green uh, branch, yep. kind of, like a yep. thick, fibrous branch. Nice, and, word, uh, nice use of the word fibrous. Yeah, thank you. And I seen someone boil that in chicken stock and split it in half and eat the insides of it. How was it? I don't I don't know. I didn't eat it, but the person enjoyed it. Was it like creamy like a bone marrow? It looked kind of like a plant bone marrow. Hmm. Yeah. I don't want it. Chlorophyll. I will just more like borophyll. Like you have to say that joke, I think. I, we don't have Billy to, Madison. but we will. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I prefer just eating the Brussels sprouts themselves. Yeah, I like a roasted Brussels sprout. A little olive oil. Do you S&P? prefer Brussels sprouts or asparagus? Well, asparagus aren't a leafy green. They're green? Right. I imagine that asparagus help you get the job done. Well, uh, yeah. Isn't that what green vegetables are for? Leafy greens. I mean, don't all green things eventually have leaves? No. You just don't eat the leaves? The Hulk has never had leaves. He's, He's not leafy. Right, but he's green. Like green foods. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh... I don't know. I I guess eventually, if mold is left to grow long enough, it may get leaves. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. So yeah, that that's uh, no. Don't, don't yeah. call your just tell them that. no. You can say no. No yeah. means no. Yeah, they need your consent. Yeah, you flip over the card. Yeah, it's like a eat drink a coaster. Roll. Yeah, go to the salad bar. Yeah, it's included in the package. Yeah, eat the plantains. I love the plantains there. Never had them. Anything from there. Never been there. 
Never been there. Nope. All right, guys. So next week, we're going to come to you live from Fogo to Chow. <laughs> That's not true. That's not no, true. I, I apologize. We should go there, though. Yeah. Well, but, next but, week, we're going we're gonna to tackle go. a very important subject. We are. Oh, yes. We talked about this last night, December 12th. We're going to attack this subject. We're going to get it knocked out of the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the it, holidays. It, it is the first of our two-part Christmas special. That's right. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week. I guess we should do the thing before we say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, this is what Grover should have said. Check, please. All right. So what did we learn today? We learned that you can get all kinds of deal from ratings.com, and there's no A in that. No, no A. We learned that Ray Liotta is a super cool dude and has a movie coming out called Cocaine Bear. We learned that animal movie names are hard to guess when you don't know what they are. We learned that the High Five possibly originated from the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Louisville Cardinals, or some girls' volleyball teams, or I just made all of that up and you all bought it. But we did learn that T is for therapy, and therapy is a good tool. Uh, BetterHelp.com, check out these sites. Uh, you know, if you're not feeling great, talk to someone. It's so important. And we also learned that we should... Listen to our voicemails before we play them on the show. Thanks, Grover. Yeah. So that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week for part one of our two-part Christmas special. Uh, protect your nuts. 